We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I've uh, I've actually been a fan of yours for a minute, so I'm excited to have you on. We got some mutual friends. We got one in the back over there, Jarrell Harris. He's been on the pod many times. The audience knows him. He came bearing gifts once again. Good man, good man. But my man Tony, what's good, bro? I'm chilling, man. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I appreciate you having me on because I don't get a chance to do many podcasts in general. So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a reason for that? Uh. I'm not big time enough, man. I don't know. People probably don't think I'm interesting enough to, to invite me on. But, hey, apparently you do, so yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I loved your work when you were over at Complex and some of the stuff you're doing now is pretty cool with, like, the sneakers and Soul Savvy and Sunday Wash Club. I know you're always over there again. You're hooping on. Yeah, 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 for so, sure. So it's it's nice to finally connect. And uh, I know we got a lot of mutual interests as well, but before we get into some of the MMA talks, Tell me about your time at Complex, dude, because that's when I feel like that's when you got put on the map, right? Yeah, man, that was a huge stepping stone for me. I'd be denying it if I, I didn't say that. Um, so I started at Complex in 2016. The way I got to Complex was, let's flash back, right? 2015, I was working at an insurance company, just temping, doing administrative work. Really, really hated it. Picture like super corporate environment, cubicles, everyone's in their cubicles, literally out of the matrix, right? Keanu Reeves goes to work, he's hiding his cubicle, answering phone calls, right? That's exactly how it was. Nobody was talking to anyone. All my coworkers were like 20 years older than me. I couldn't relate to them. Every day I go into work, I'm just like looking at the clock, nine o'clock, five o'clock, I'm out of here. But at the time, I was also pursuing an acting career on side. So I would sneak out to auditions during lunchtime, whatever time they gave me, because sometimes it's not during lunchtime. Mm. Sometimes an, uh, a, an audition would be like three o'clock. I would make them an excuse, right? Sometimes I won't even tell them. I just leave the office, take the train uptown, 30 minutes, get some sides, study it for like 10 minutes, go into the room, perform the lines, leave, take 30 more minutes coming back, 
they're gonna look at me like, hey, where'd you go for like an hour and a half? I always had like multiple excuses just ready to go you had to i had to yeah right i, I would have been like oh my stomach was hurt uh i was in the handicapped bathroom like who's gonna be checking on you in the handicapped bathroom right you literally gotta be standing outside timing you be like oh you were actually lying that'd be weird as shit too if someone weird, knew that right? you were in there for that long <laughs> exactly so i had a ton of excuses lined up pursuing an acting career finally i i, I booked some st- stuff you know i see a big smalls photo mm-hmm. right behind you i was in notorious I booked that no role. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Crazy part. I'm, I, I know I'm segueing, but like, crazy part about that was they finished the movie already, but they put out a casting call for a hip hop Asian character because they wanted to include diversity because Biggie Smalls' music transcended like cultures. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. It reached a lot of cultures, right? So they casted that role while the movie was completed already. And then they, they had me shoot that scene in a, a, a very famous record store. I, I think it was in like Bed-Stuy somewhere. And we, re- we filmed it. And I thought it was going to hit the cutting room floor because you just never know, right? If the movie's done, it's done. Yeah. But no, they slipped it right in there. And it was just like, oh, shoot, I'm in a movie. So, yeah, when you get a chance, like, go I'm check it out. Man. I'm literally the only Asian guy in the movie, <laughs> man. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. But yeah, so I was uh, booking some stuff here and there, but I realized <clears throat> after like you know getting rejected a bunch of times that if I really, really want to pursue this acting career, I need to like quit the insurance job and go all out and just invest my time into that. So I quit. I was unemployed for like six months. During that six months, I would I was collecting unemployment right because I. You gotta be yeah, you smart about right. Free bro. money's free yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like why but would you, you gotta not survive take it? too? Yeah. There ain't nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every day I would go to my local Starbucks, bring my laptop there, study how to like edit videos, piece together videos. I was watching a lot of Casey Neistat, how to like vlog and stuff like that. At the time I invested in a camera and I was just teaching myself how to like, you know, work a camera, how to edit, all that stuff, right? Self taught. Out of that six months, the NBA finals was coming up with Cavaliers versus like the Warriors. Warriors. I think that was the first year. <clears throat> and I was just watching Bleacher Report, seeing how they were like, you know, dominating social with these like video memes. I started teaching myself how to make video memes. Literally just I took my mom's head, photoshopped her head out, and put it on a baby dancing. That was my first video meme ever. I was like learning how to track motion graphics, all that stuff. By myself. It was sloppy as hell, like, now looking back, but... Trial and error, bro. Trial and error, yeah. That's how I learned how to do all my shit, too. YouTube University. Hey, man. How to... Lesson, kids. Yeah. Get after it, That's man. That's a real no thing, No hand-me-downs. Man. Yeah. That's a real thing. That's how I learned how to do everything. I had one friend of mine show me once, and then I would keep asking him questions, keep asking him questions. He was like, bro, all these questions you're asking me, he's like, I'm not trying to be a dick. Go to YouTube and ask them these questions. And you're going to see some random ass dude that's going to show you how to do it and just watch him. And that's how I would do it. And even to this day, I'll go back as like a refresher. Now I'm trying to like fuck with like lower thirds to have like your Twitter handle. But I want to make like custom ones. Shit is hard as hell for someone that, you know, people actually go to school for that. So I'm trying to like learn that. And and I use Final Cut to edit. Now I'm messing with Premiere also because Premiere... I don't need to worry about the clapping and all that, and it auto-generates yeah, the, yeah. the captions for you, too. So I'm like, oh, this is saving so much more time. Because in the past, what I would do is I would take my phone, and if I had a one-minute clip, 
this is before all these apps. So this is like about a year and a half ago. I'll take my phone and I would do the voice note and I would have it like type out what it's saying, mm. what the video is saying. And then I would copy that on Final Cut. So that 60 second video would take me like an hour and a half to actually get every all the timing of it down. But now you have these apps they do it for you in eight minutes. I'm like, oh, thank God. See, the thing about video and teaching yourself these type of tricks is you're learning to problem solve, right? Because you don't know what the right way is, but you're finding ways around it mm -hmm. to get what you want. And that's like the most important thing, right? You got to be able to problem solve. That's like improvising on the go, right? You read in the defense, you know, like where to go and like what point of attack. Same thing, right? So at the time, this somebody reached out to me and said, hey, can you make us like 10 video memes for the NBA Finals? I know you're just getting started. Now, back then, right, 2016-ish, nobody was really attacking video memes like that, right? Not SI, not Complex, like maybe like Laundry Service. I, I don't know if you're familiar with them. No, nah, no. Um, but Bleacher Report was literally like the only one because they had like the budget. And they're like, yeah, yo, yeah. let me get these like 3D animators to go crazy on this. And, like, we'll just dominate social, which kudos to them because they did, right? Now they just, whatever sponsorship they want. Yo, we can't give you it in YouTube content? Trust me. We'll post a, a short social clip. We'll get millions of views. Just throw us the bag. Same thing, right? So I taught myself how to make video memes. This one person reached out to me. Hey, make us 10 video memes for the NBA Finals. I did that the day of the first game. The person reached out to me and said, hey, we can't use it. The company doesn't have the rights to use NBA licensed footage. We'll still pay you, but we just can't use it. Can you take off our watermark on it? I was like, all right, fine. I'll put my own. So I let it go after the first game was over. It went viral, right? It was just like the words like, like cooked them. Yeah. They cooked the calves. And <clears throat> I let that meme go. It went viral. House of Highlights was posting it. At that time, right, when a House of Highlights post you, it's like a, a big W yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, it's just like, yo, ESPN Sports Center, like, it's, not, it's common now, right? Right. But at the time, it was crazy. So once game one was over, I started letting go of more of these because I got 10 of them lined up. And I made it for every scenario, right? Like, Cavs win, all right, LeBron goes crazy. Warriors win, Steph go crazy with Clay, right? Whatever scenario. So I did that. While I let them go, I kept tagging every single company because I was unemployed at the time. I need a job, right? Yeah. So I tagged ESPN, TNT, Complex, whoever. Now looking back in hindsight, right, you, you understand how social works. There's one person literally controlling the account. They see everyone that's getting tagged, right? So when they see it, they're like, oh, shit, look at this guy. They'll refer to their manager like, yo, this guy's like really, really like posting well. He's posting some nice stuff. It's constant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So then Complex reached out to me and say, hey, we're looking for somebody like you. Can you come in for an interview? Went in. They offered me the job that night. And I was like, shoot, I could take this. But also at the same time, Bleacher Report reached out to me as well. Right. And I'm thinking like, Damn. I want to work for Bleacher Report because they have someone who, like, knows how to make this stuff. At the time, I was just teaching myself. I want, like, somebody to teach me how to be better. Right. Right? But also, Complex offered me the role to be the first one. So, there was, like, my ceiling was, like, unlimited at that time, right? So, it's like, where do I go? Do I go and work under somebody or do I go and be, my, be by myself and, like, sky's the limit? I said, screw it. 
Bleacher Report took too long to give me an interview. I'm going to go with Complex. Let me get that money, man. So I got my foot in the door. That's how I ended up at Complex. And then, like, you know, it kind of snowballed into me getting my own show because at the time, first two months go by, I get, like, I get employed July. Then July, was it July, August, September? September, I decided to bring my own camera into the office. Risky move, right? You bring that into a corporate environment, you might get fired on the spot. Why? It's it's it might be like you know um some people might have security issues, right? Oh, maybe they think you're trying to do some like right. sneaky shit and and record like office stuff. But that's, yeah, it's like yo, who does that, right? It's like yeah, you know, now that you say it, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like if I go into ESPN and I'm just like yo, I got my personal camera here. They're going to be looking at me like, yo, what you what you doing, man? I don't know about that now. Or Maybe... if I go into Nike headquarters, I'm okay, like, yo, yeah, I got that... my own camera here. Yeah, that might be different because they'll probably have some stuff in the works that they don't want to release yet. And maybe they might think that right. you're secretly they think with I'm a mole, Adidas man. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think nowadays, though, because like, I've been I've been at the Win in, in Vegas with Blue Wire. They got the studio there. And there's a lot of athletes that come in or even influencers, and they'll have their own camera people with them. It's too. different now, bro. That's what, Yeah, you're right. It's different yeah, Adding context, this is 2016. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so when I brought my camera in, I was super nonchalant about it. I wasn't like waving around like, yo, guys, I got a camera yeah, right here. I'm about to record you. No, I literally was sitting next to my coworker because we're cool. We're just filming like dumb clips. I would just put a camera just how you put a camera over there. I put it right here and be like, yo, what do you think about these sneakers right here? Like, what do you think about Frank Ocean? Whatever, right? Whatever we're talking about. Like, I would have all these clips, and I'd bring it home at nighttime, and I would edit them together and make an episode. Next day, I posted it on my personal channel, and some of my colleagues were following me on Twitter, and they were like, yo, that's what you were doing yesterday when you were, like, shoving a camera in our faces? Yo, this is pretty cool. I've never seen myself, like, on YouTube before in an episode. It's pretty cool that you're documenting, mm-hmm. like, you know, a day in the life at Complex. So I was like, all right, well, if they like it, that's all the encourage- encouragement I need to yeah. keep going. So I kept going for, like, two weeks nonstop, every day, five days a week, five episodes, burn the midnight oil, editing the videos. Then I release them the next day. The manager got a hold of it because, like, stuff circulates around quick, man, when you think about it. Like... I didn't think they were watching my account, but they were watching my account. So two weeks go by. I get called into the manager's office thinking I'm going to get in trouble. He's like, yo, look, man, I know what you've been doing. Keep doing it because we love it. Now, this is me thinking back in <laughs> hindsight, right? They knew that I was a cash cow because there's no production team. It's literally just one-man band. He's coming up with ideas every day because if you think about it, you ever work in an office environment? I haven't, no. It's safe to say it ain't that exciting. You go in, you probably log into your computer and you just check in social media or whatever, or whatever like Excel spreadsheet you need to do, right? Something, right? Typing up emails, whatever. It ain't that exciting. It's not, dude. I've never worked, but I've been around it my whole life in a weird way because my pops got a coffee truck in the city, 49th and Park Ave. He's been there like uh, pushing 29 years now, same corner. And every Friday when I was younger, especially in the summertime, I would go and I would help him. And every Friday he would do like catering events. So he'd bring like six dozen donuts for breakfast to like some of the office people. So I'd go up there and I'd see like the little cubicles and shit. And yo, from that age, 
I never wanted to be in an office. Right. I was that, like, this shit is kind of lame. And I was exactly. like, 12, 13 years old. I didn't want to do that. So I've never interned anywhere. I never, none of that. I always, my whole life, after, even after, I mean, I dropped out of college, but going through college, I was working with my pops in the city, making egg sandwiches and shit. And then doing a lot of the self-teaching and yeah. doing all the podcast stuff. So to answer your question, like, not nah, office. But you got is, the right image, though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's and not it's a, not that far off. Like, Complex, don't get me wrong. Complex is completely different from working at an insurance company. Insurance company is, like, times 10 corporate. Complex is a little bit more laid back. But, like, yo, you still got to do your work. You, people still sitting in front of computers all day, right? right? Like, maybe once in a while, you have somebody blasting hip-hop music, like, on the other end. But other than that, it's, like, still... Yeah, it's definitely more enjoyable, but it's still, in the end, you're in an office. Right, exactly. So, when they saw that I was coming up with, like, new ideas of how to, like, make it exciting, because the work environment isn't as exciting, they knew, all right, yo, we got something here. If we could find, like, sponsorship for, for this show, and we can, like, integrate it into the episodes... That would bring the company a lot of money. So they knew that, right? Now it's just like, all right, how do we get the sales team to sell these episodes that are so organic to brands, right? Obviously, so easy, man. If I'm like walking around with a camera, I'm just like, yo, this blue drink right here. I'm not going to say him because, you know. They ain't a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Yo, this blue drink right here. Yo, I got to get it, man. Got to get stay hydrated. Boom. Easy. Integrated right there. So so easy. Yeah, so subtle too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they knew what they got. They they had like a a gold mine on their hands. Not to like big myself up, but like you know, it's not. Nah, but it was something different though from what they were doing. Also, yeah. At the time, nobody's really giving a look into like media companies, right? Not Bleacher Report, not Sports Illustrated, not Hype Beast. None of these companies. ESPN wasn't really doing it that well because, like, they're super corporate. Yeah. If you really think about it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're like a legacy brand. So I understand that. But, you know, at the time, I think the only comparison you could probably say is probably like TMZ, right? Where they like go around different cubicles and they just have like a boom mic there and just like, yo, what do you think about this topic? Yo, uh, Justin Bieber. Oh, he's spotted outside, whatever. And they just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was a close name, but that was like kind of scripted. Right, they tell them the topics that they're going to talk about. Me, nah, I just like if I'm pulling up on you, I'm pulling up on you. Right, obviously, I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna like ask you anything crazy to put you on the spot, and make you look bad, but you know, usually I just pull up on people and I just have a recording, so it's super organic. So that's how I end up getting the show. Eventually, they were like, Yo, look, stop being a, a video meme editor, just fo- focus on being a show host. So I've been doing that for like four and a half years. Yo, you mentioned something in passing before that I found interesting, that you had created content for both outcomes, potentially? Yeah. Is that... Seems... You didn't know that? That's how Bleacher Report does it, man. That's how they, like, whenever, like, news breaks. Yeah. Whenever news breaks, they'll be like, all right, let's look at the folder of all the assets we created. All right, uh, Zach Levine resigns with the Bulls. Okay, boom, we got that same jersey. Zach Levine goes to the Timberwolves. All right, we already made one. Because, like, they hear the rumor mills, and they get, like, a little bit of advance notice, but they don't know the final outcome. So they have that prepped. So if you think about it, right, the designers, they have to do two versions. Sometimes even three, right, depending on, like, the outcomes. So, like, the KD situation, right? It's either Phoenix or, like, Miami, right? Guarantee you they got so many asses prepped for that. Yeah. 
Like, if he stays put in Brooklyn, then they just keep it and they just, like, chuck it to the side. So a lot of the assets don't never get used. And that's, like, the bad part about, like, you know, designing. Yeah, it's like when you see teams that win championships and they already got the merch. Yeah. And then they'll show, like, they send <laughs> all the... Yeah. Their world countries. Their world countries. Yeah. It's like someone got a New England Patriots 2011 Super Bowl hoodie when they lost to the Giants. It's my favorite team, the Giants. That's why I'm making fun of the Pats as best I can. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting, man. It makes sense, though, right? But if you have a huge team like that and you have that kind of budget, it's like I can't miss, sit there and spend all that time. I mean, you can. you can. Yeah, you could if you plan. If you, yeah, But that's it's true. just like, you know, balancing, like, what's the smartest play to maximize your time, right? Like, if you know for a fact that this video is going to go viral, then, yeah, just make both outcomes. But if you know it's like little reward at the end, just like, why am I, why am I killing myself just for, like, couple likes or a couple views yeah you know? no but you bring up a good point though like with the warriors and the Cavs, there's only two potential outcomes yeah right as far as who's gonna win the title and that ended up being a lengthy series anyway so you had at least 10 to 12 days to plan accordingly yeah, yeah, yeah. so there is some truth to that so how do you feel about hosting your own show was that validating for you after quitting the insurance thing and all that because for as much as we don't want that pat in the back bro like for me personally on this journey, it just seems like every four to six months, some dope shit happens that I'm like, this doesn't suck. I'm not wasting my time. It's it's working. Uh, all these like cliches and being persistent and believing in your product, whatever it is, like there's a lot of truth to that. So was that something for you? Yeah, what it was rewarding because I've had a taste of it, right? I told you, like, yo, I, I was pursuing an acting career, and yo, forget what anybody tells you. Being talent is dope. Like, yo, when you go on set and all you gotta do is act and like remember your lines, people will cater around you. They'll be like, yo, yo, Tony, what you need, man? Yo, you need water? All right, yo, I got you. Like, yo, just anything you need, man. Yo, you need wardrobe change? Yo, yo I got you. Right, being talent is great. Obviously, the hard part is delivering the lines and all that stuff. Right. Right. So being a host is great if <clears throat> you have a great team behind you. If you're doing everything by yourself, which what you are doing, it's gonna kind of suck, right? Because it's like yeah. you're grinding like crazy. But just know that at the end, when your show does become successful, it's gonna feel so damn good when you have a strong team around you doing all the handiwork, like. One of these days, you're just going to be like, yo, let me turn on the mic. There's going to be a producer here powering up, sync clapping, making sure the audio's right, camera's right. You don't have to worry about none of that stuff. After you're done recording, talking, yo, you just pass it to the editor. They take care of it. You're just going to be talent at that point. That's the best shit in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, looking back, granted, I was still a one-man band, but, like, it felt good. Like, yo, I don't have to wait for a casting agent to, like, give me a role. I already made my own shit. Look at me. I got my own platform to like, you know, showcase myself. So it was kind of rewarding on that end. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a hell of a point because that's what, you know, everyone always asks me like, what's like my end goal with like VM? And I'm like, the, the end goal has been happening. Like I'm able to just create content full time, right? As someone that dropped out of college, uh, never, like I was telling you before, never worked in offices, didn't get a degree, didn't want to like, I didn't want to do like normal shit. Not, oh, yeah. There's nothing ever, again. Like, my mom's a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of my friends, they got union jobs. They're, you know, plumbers, electricians, whatever it might be, cops. 
you know so like to me i just didn't want to do that and i've always loved sports and i love the betting stuff too there's i have all these interests and i've used vm as like it's kind of like when you go to the park and you play ball it's like you're sharpening your tools you're yeah. sharp working on your craft yeah, yeah. it's like the same thing like i use this as like this is my resume mm-hmm. and then through this now i'm in a position are you saying about building out the team like i'm really excited for the fall and this football season because now I'm actually going to have a producer. I was telling you some of my plans before we were recording. It's like there's going to be a producer. So now I'll be able to focus more on like my personal brand and like the business side of things too. Reaching out to sponsors, doing this, doing that. Getting cooler guests to come on too. And there is a lot of like comfort in that too. Knowing that you have a team. Because you're right, bro. There, it, it was trash when I would edit and it's like, damn, so no one's going to watch this shit anyway, but I got to do it. You know, you got to do it. But then it helps in the long run. Like when you really think about it, like it's it's allowed me to do everything that I'm doing now. Right. No, it, it definitely helps you level up your skill set because now you kind of become undeniable, too. Right? right. Like you become such a big asset that you're not just a host. Right. Like you were able to edit. Swiss Army and you knife, were, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, even, like, by you grinding and, like, burning the midnight oil editing, even though it's, like, might be trash, you know what to look for in an editor to edit your stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. then somebody could always be like, yeah, I edit, but, like, you're just taking the word for it, right? Now you know, like, all right, yo, show me a reel, man. Yeah, let me see your work, your previous work. All right, yo, okay, you're legit, right? You have a better understanding, like, what to look for yeah. when you're building out that team. So that's, like, you can't just skip that step. And just be like, all right, well, I'll just get somebody to do it. Then you won't teach yourself, like, what to look for in the future, so. Right, and then also, if you don't have something you could show them that you want it to look like, you can't be mad at them when exactly. you're like, yo, Tony, this isn't the shit that I wanted. It's like, well, yeah, but what is it that you want? Yeah, exactly. At least now I can tell them, like, yo, look, just go to the Instagram. You know what the reels look like. You know what the YouTube videos look like. My stuff is also, like, pretty simple. It's only two cameras. It's not, like, super duper high tech, but it's it's more tedious than anything. Right, right, right. But, like, as long as like you have a clear direction, like, all right, yo, I know you're good. Try to keep the same format, but add a little sauce to it, mm. right? Bring it up a notch, right? Get freaky with it. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, add your own unique. Yeah. 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 Make it look cool. As long as you got that foundation and you know what you're looking for, then you're in the right path. How'd you like hosting? Or how do you like hosting? It's cool, um, but it's also a lot of work because hosting is a full-time job, man. Yeah. Like... If you're a one-man band and you don't got a producer like doing research for you, you got to do the research. And then you're focused on like, damn, man, I hope, I hope the camera doesn't time out when, I, when I'm talking to this person right here. Right? That's why like, it's, it's better if you have a strong team around you. So that way you can just focus on like listening and being attentive. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the most important part. Right? Hosting is dope, man. It's dope when you have the right tools and you're serious about it. You do your homework. Yeah. You do your homework. You're good. Solid. What's like your interview style? Um, so I like to watch a lot of interviews, right? If I know I'm talking to like... Because you've interviewed a lot of cool people that I'm fans of too. Like a lot of UFC fighters. This is the one, that's, those are the ones that really caught my attention with you because I'm super passionate about UFC. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's probably become like my favorite sport. Easily to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even to like, like I don't miss a fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, I try to watch as many fights as I can. Now, there's a lot of people that watch, like, Bellator and, like... Oh, no, no, no. I don't don't watch that. I'm I'm just UFC, man. I'm just UFC, too. 
Well, I'm there's the same the way. MMA fanatics. Yeah, but yeah. then there's the UFC fanatics. Yeah, that's what I am. I'm I'm UFC. So yeah. I I can't you know. MMA folks are gonna be like, yo, you don't know nothing about these guys. I'm 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 mainstream, bro. You gotta be UFC like in That's wrestling. Like I don't want to hear about all that other shit. It's, it's WWE for me. Like if you if you're in the Indies, like no AEW, none nah, of that stuff. Nah, 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 I got nah. you. I got you got gotta you. be big time for me. Okay, okay, yeah, no. So like you know, I try to do a lot of research on the guests before they come on because it's like doing your due diligence, right? It's also respectful too. Yeah, you don't want to go in there and just be like completely blind to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, yo, sometimes you can't fake the funk, right? Sometimes, like, there's people out there that live and breathe the UFC, right? If you're not, like, consumed by a 24-7, you probably don't know every single thing about him, right? Yeah. Ari Hawani, man, yo, salute to him. He's been doing it forever. And he's like a walking encyclopedia. He'll tell you, like, UFC events by numbers. And I'm like, yo, I don't know who's on the main card, like, you just yeah, name he'll another. I'll like, tell you what? like the, the the second fight on the pay per view. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, man. I just know about this fighter's name, right? So yeah, I mean, you try to prep as much as you can, and then just try to ask questions that are more no- that would <clears throat> like normalize the the fighters, right? Because obviously, every when they do these media runs, every outlet is going to ask them like, "Yo, talk to me about the upcoming fight. Talk to me about this person in your division." How's your camp? Yeah, right? I'm yeah. like, "Yo, nah, tell me tell me what you buy on the on like when you get this like big check, right? Tell me what you blow your money on, right? Tell me about like the best restaurants to eat at or whatever, right?" You also I try get, to ask that stuff. You also get they become more engaged in those conversations oh, too. Oh yeah. Cause they like with the UFC fire, it's like, oh, how's your weight cut? Well, the weight cuts are always whack when you gotta cut 30, uh, 35 yeah. pounds. Sometimes like no one is, oh, you know what? My weight cutting is dope. Like I really enjoy doing that. No one's ever like that. And I've noticed that when I interview people, I I do prepare, but I don't bring like notes when I do because when I first started, again, having I never like I never thought I'd be doing this. Mm. You know, like I never I was just always a sport. I was a sports dude in my friend group, like. Mm. Whenever there was a crazy trade and we'd be at the park, to be like, yo, Nick, what'd you think of this? Or whatever it might be. And then when it came to betting, like my whole life, I was around betting. So like, oh, what's the line? I always knew like that stuff. But for me, I didn't know what the proper like protocol was. Right, like right. I never, no one ever schooled me on that. So if this was me interviewing you in the past, I would just have like five questions down. And I would just like ask you question number one. And then you'd give me an answer. And I'd be so focused on getting question number two before the camera times out, that I didn't even listen to yeah, what you yeah. told me. Yeah, You might be like, yeah, yo, and then you know, I was walking down the street and I found a bag with $20,000 in it and I just, like, it made my day. And I'd be like, all right, man, so what'd you think of, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never listening, so I was like, all right, that that's not fun for me. It's not fun for me to ask it this way. And then over time, I started to get more comfortable and now it's like, I think it just comes with experience. It, yeah, that too. You you doing enough? You you and you watch yourself back. You're just like, yo, man, the, the hell this guy just said this, and yeah. I didn't ask a follow up. You gonna be looking at it like, damn, you been fucked up, man. You should have went back and listened, right? Same thing with me. Like, but I also understand <coughs> when they stop by the complex office because like a lot of my UFC interviews were basically at complex, right? There's a a PR guy there. So they want you to talk about the upcoming fights, right? So, right. like, you got to cover that regardless. So you can't just be like, yo, just tell me everything that's not 
fighting related. Of course, we're not saying right? to completely ignore yeah, yeah, yeah. that. That that is the main reason why right. they're there. Or if they're on a book run, or if you're interviewing yeah. an actor, or whatever it might be, you have to ask them about that certain yeah. thing too. But I do like to have fun with the with the guests that I'm having too. To yeah, ask yeah. them something, not like that they've never heard before, but try to ask them more about getting to know that person too. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but a lot of times you'd be surprised they don't get asked like shit. Like like what are you watching on Netflix? You know, I gotta give a big big kudos to uh, the Mac Life. Do you watch that? Yeah, of course. That guy's been like really, really like going out out of the way, or like you know diverting from traditional like mma media and you, you know a lot of people don't like the schmo because of his like you know stick mm. but like you got to salute him too because like he'll he'll go out of the way and ask like some of the questions that people want to know so right you got to respect him at the end of the day so shout out to those two i'm sure there's like a bunch of other people that are starting to like pivot now because you know it's a, it's a changing tide right a lot of people want to know more about just like daily life stuff of these fighters make them more human if you will you know shout out to israel adesanya man he uh he got his own youtube channel he's been he basically like controlling his own narrative at this time he don't even need the media got his own channel so yeah a lot of them are doing that yeah right yeah, sean yeah. o'malley the same thing too yeah he's another one that, uh, that's up there i'm a big fan of james kraus i've built a little of a friendship with him over the years too and he's doing his some cool shit too and there's a lot of them, man. And it's just like, you know, there was a knock on uh, the dude the Giants just drafted, uh, Thibodeau from Oregon. <laughs> they knocked him for, like, caring too much about his personal brand. Because during the interview process, because the Knicks, uh, not the Knicks, the, the Jets and the Giants, they had four picks in the top ten. And he was rumored to go to New York. And they were like, oh, you know, would you like to play in New York? And what would it be like? And he said, yeah, I would love to. Like, it'd be dope for my personal brand to play in the Big Apple. You know what it did for Odell's career. If he made that catch in Cleveland, would it have been the same? It's like, no, nah, it was magnitude to this extent because it was done in New York. And they took that into, he don't care about football. It's like, that's oh, crazy. Bro, it's Everybody that's has crazy. their own, like, digital media companies, their own channels. Like, the, the game has changed now. That has nothing to do with him not loving football. It's just that he's thinking long-term also. Well, you also got to think about, like, the the league, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's the NFL. They're like, what? nothing's more traditional than the MLB. MLB right. is like, yo, we don't want to, no new school stuff. Everything's old school. Oh, yeah. NFL it's... is kind of like that. NBA is probably, like, the, the best at pushing and, like, accepting the new generation. So They're also gotta... the first ones that, like, you wouldn't get in trouble for like reposting their highlights yeah yeah all the other ones would like you'd get like that little like email like oh you got to take this down or else it's like nba was i mean i think that tunnel walk man it really like you know revolutionized players man because like now all these other sports they were like yo shit i dress nice i'm trying to get a fit off yeah, too yeah yeah like yo let me get my shine post that you know because it, it only helps their own personal brand to get the bag right mm. So all these players, they want to get the bag. Not everybody can get that LeBron money, but like, shit, let me get a little something, right? A little something for yeah. sure. What, uh, after, what's been like after Complex, life after Complex? So after I left Complex, uh, well, So Savvy came to me and they offered me uh, a better opportunity to grow my career, right? And obviously, I'm not going to turn it down, right? I was thinking my tr 
my trajectory and I'm like, all right, well, this title, obviously more money. Yeah. I can't turn it down. So I took it. It's been pretty challenging working because I, I went from an established company to a, a startup. Startup. Startup life is no joke, man. It kind of took me back to the days of like, yo, you, you at the Starbucks and like you just grinding away teaching yourself how to do stuff. It's like full circle kind of, Yeah, right? it's kind of similar, man. It's just like, yo, you're completely remote. This company is completely remote. You have a very small team. You just got to like chip away. Hopefully that it'll keep growing and you're in the right direction. But yeah, it's been challenging so far. But obviously, like, you know, I've been making it work because, you know, sometimes you just got to bet on yourself in life, you know. So, you know, I've been challenging, but I'm grinding through it right now. Yo, challenges are dope, man. I think it's a good thing. Like, I I always, like we were talking before about, like, the lower thirds. Mm-hmm. I know that's uh, far less extreme from, like, leaving a company yeah, that yeah, you yeah. built your whole career on and going to a startup. But, like, the idea of just, like, adding something new. Like, I, I don't like being comfortable, bro. Like, I like I like challenges. I like being stressed. Like, I think there's good stresses, too, not just, like, the bad stresses. I recently, not recently, it's been like three years now that I, I do MMA and like jujitsu. And like that was like a dope, humbling experience. And like being able to get to grow in that and get better at that was like really cool too. Cause you're put in like uncomfortable positions and you learn so much about yourself. Cause sometimes you gotta just like grind it out and, and hustle through it. Yo, how good are you in uh, jujitsu? I've never been what, asked you, that. you got like a color belt? I'm a blue belt. You're a blue belt? Yeah. Dude. Wait, can you break it down for me? What what colors? White, blue, purple, brown, black. Oh, you're the blue ranger right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's dope when you finally get the first color. At, at blue belt, you're able to like, you know the art of jujitsu. Like, you've trained enough. You've developed the game. Like, are you a guard passer? Are you, do you play half guard? Are you a leg locker? Like, what kind of chokes do you like? Are you a back, like, do you attack from the back? It all, it all depends. But, like, you have an idea of what your game is. And then when you roll with higher belts, you're able to withstand it a little. They could still do what they want to you. Like, I rolled with my jiu-jitsu coach, Hugh. He's a black belt and uh, from Long Island MMA, those guys out there. And our gym, their lineage is from Long Island MMA. And, like, fucking around with him, I was like, yo, how many times can you tap me out in five minutes? He's like, oh, easily 20. I was like, nah, there's no way, dude. I was like, I'm a blue belt now. He's like, yo, I'm telling you, if, like, I go hard, it'll... it'll Wait, same weight class? Or is he, he's, like, stronger than you? Because, like, that kind of plays a... N- not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't. At, at some point, like, the weight... And the strength, it, it becomes bad for your technique if you're just, like, out muscling people to get mm-hmm. out of things. Because then eventually it catches up to you where that shit ain't going to do nothing. Okay. So, he, I probably outweigh him by, like, 15 pounds. But okay. he's way more, like, stocky and shredded. Dude, he, we hit the mass together, and you would have thought I never trained before. He went hard. Hey, he like, ragdolled you. He, it was the first time I saw him roll. He had never... Get over here. He just, like, violated me. I think he tapped me, like, 12 times, and I was like, bro, I don't even want my blue belt no more. I was like, yo, I don't even want my blue belt no more. 
<laughs> it was crazy, dude. It's crazy. But again, going to humbling because I'm like, all right, man, I'm you know I'm tapping everyone in the gym pretty much. Like everyone is at my level because we you know it's a school small school. Yeah. Now we've grown to like well like close to like 50 members now. But it's like everyone's like a blue belt at my level. We train the same amount of time. It's like, but there's still levels to this. Still levels to it. So so like you're able to protect somebody, right? If like there was like a scuffle happening at a bar or something like that. Put it this way: I've never felt more comfortable. Like living. As far as like, I'm not afraid. Like I was never. Nah. How should I phrase this? Like, well, I, I think it's to like a certain degree, right? If it's like a big motherfucker, they're probably going. You probably be like, yeah, I man, I don't know if I could like submit this guy because he's so damn big. No, no. There's. I I feel like super comfortable in all situations now. Obviously, if they have a weapon, completely different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, even the height and size, I'm just... I as just long as they get have... to the ground, it's over, right? Yeah, but even so, like, that's a big misconception of it, too, right? Because everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do? Like, those the funny jujitsu videos of, like, uh, jujitsu guys when they get robbed at their crib. And it's, like, they're, like, on the ground and the guy's just, like, bang, bang. So, <laughs> you know, and then they get sent up to heaven. Kind of like reminds me of that, uh, was that, Detroit uh, Survivor? Yeah, 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 <laughs> like those videos. It's not like that. Yeah, like, obviously, you have a significant advantage, but everything does start yeah. standing up. But there's, like, just a, there's a level, I can't explain it, man, unless you train. Like, there's a level of just, like, I know if shit hits the fan, I'll be fine. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll be able to protect myself and not just, like, you know, you have guys that'll be like, oh, I see red, bro. I see red. Like, no, it's like, no, dude, you, you'll get your ass kicked. You have yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. There's a dude that's like a buck 20 at my gym that I'll throw any one of my boys at and be like, yo, he will sun you. Yeah. I feel like when, once you get the back, it's over, bro. It's hard to defend the back. It could be skinny as hell. Just pop. It's, it's different techniques, bro. Like you're talking about like the back and, and like the chokes. It's like if, if I was to go box someone in golden gloves, they would violate me standing up right right but the same thing would happen to them if it went to the ground right i'd be able to do that to them too you know what i'm saying like there's at, at that point blue blue belt like for a hobbyist i've been told and i've been to many gyms that i'm very good for a hobbyist because a lot of the guys at my gym they're also younger i'm 31 so they're also like 22 to 25 and they've done amateur fights and they want to, like, actually fight MMA. Me's like, I'm just like, yo, I've been an athlete my whole life. This is pretty cool. I love MMA. Learn some new shit. Build a little more self-confidence. Feel more comfortable if, if some shit hits the fan. I'm not trying to fight anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. When there's this one kid, Victor, he's this Brazilian kid. He's, like, 22 years old. He's, like, 6'3". He's, he's going to fight one day. And uh, anytime he spars, he, like, foams at the mouth. So when me and him <laughs> spar... Now, I, I've been doing some Muay Thai and striking maybe, like, the last, like, three, four months because the workout is crazy. Yeah. You know, like, I've never gotten into a fight. But now knowing that, you know, you can bob and weave and you actually, like, understand the, all right, the double jab, all right, the cross is coming or the, you know, the check hooks and all that. And then when you're watching, you're like, oh, shit, this makes sense. But that kid, Victor, when he spars, he, like, foams out the mouth. And then to, to take your head off, To huh? Victor, I'm like, yo, Victor, just remember, I'm doing this for fun, buddy, all right? <laughs> just, just be careful. So you would, never, you would never compete in a tournament? I've been more open to it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning mm. on competing in September, yeah. So what's your goal with that? Do you want to be a black belt? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
Well, and, at least you know what you want. Yeah, I think it would it would be sick. It would be. It's something I could work towards, and not aspire to be a professional in. Because mm. like, there's black belts that are not like. Just because you're a black belt, don't mean you're a professional like jujitsu guy. Yeah. If that makes sense, like there's people that are just hobbyists and they just they're purple belts. They're you know like doctors or or, or cops. It's just like. You pick up this thing that you become passionate about and you can learn a new skill set. And it's dope, man. It's super humbling. And, and there'll be days where, like, I'll go in there and I'll, I'll tap, like, five, six different people. And I'm like, I'm the fucking man, son. I, I was like, and I'll tell, like, my coach, like, yo, I'm going to compete. I think I'm going to bring a gold. And then the next day I'll go in, those same five, six kids, they tap me five, six times. It's like, damn, I ain't shit, bro. It's like, what happened in 24 hours? You know what I mean? But it's just a different it's a different martial art, man. And it's it's very unique. It gives the it gives a smaller guy a chance. That's yeah. like the origin of jujitsu. I would love to do it, but like I'm too like afraid of injuries, man. All it takes is somebody to like roll on you the wrong way and you're just like, <clears throat> oh man, I just threw on my back. I can't so do it, shit. There's a lot of truth to that, but it's also like you can pick the right like training partners. Like, there's guys at my gym Don't that... Don't they do, like, circuits where there's, like, yo, rotate? Yeah, you could. But you could also say, like, nah, I don't want to go with that guy. See, you just or you could know, avoid bro. him. It's like, it's like me showing up to the park. I'm like, yo, nah, I'm just taking it light today. But yo, Jarrell's like, yo, come on, man. Yo, just, we need one. Yo, that's I'm what like, he... all right, man, I'll play. Bro, he did that to me the other day. He was like, that's yo, pull saying. up to the park. Like, like, yo, let, it's probably let, like that jiu-jitsu as well. I was like, yo, rotate. All right, this person got no partner now. Like, shit, I got to yeah. I gotta roll with them. <clears throat> Stuff like that. But you go you go at their pace too, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you spar with someone, one of the main rules is like, remember, they'll hit you as hard as you hit them. If you're teeing off on me and biting down on your mouthpiece, expect me to do the same to you. Mm -hmm. But if me and you are just like, you know, light sparring, I hit you with a jab in the face, you're like, oh shit, that didn't even hurt. It's like, yeah, that's the point. It's like you're working on your technique. It's completely different. You're not going in there to kill each other. There are some people that do. Like you gotta avoid those. You gotta avoid bench. those people. Yeah. yeah, but it's good. Like if you ever want to get into jujitsu, it would be dope for you to like come and train with me, for example, mm -hmm. because now we know each other, and you would spend that first class with me. We'd work together. I wouldn't just go and like when we would start rolling, just go and like choke you out four or five different times. It's like, well, that's not fun for Tony. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's you want to <clears throat> you want to be more welcoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's. It's 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 fun, man. I, I love doing it. Well, that's it's, dope, it's man. Dope. It's great cardio too. Amazing cardio, and also the best thing about it is when you tap, you just go again. Whereas when you're boxing, you get knocked out, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get a concussion, and then you can't train for two, three weeks. Yeah, save your chickens, man. You yeah, you gotta be careful, bro. Yeah, yeah. you gotta be careful. Hey, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about you, and I've been very fascinated with these conversations. But I also know that you are a big MMA fan, as we've been discussing. Huge pay-per-view coming this weekend. Mm -hmm. What's your level of excitement for 277? So, I I personally think Amanda Nunes, like, was wailing the last fight, right? She kind of gassed out like crazy. She thought she was going to take her head off. Yeah. I'm like, yo, that... That doesn't look right. Like, you should have just, like, chilled out for a bit. I have a feeling Amanda's probably going to retain the belt again this weekend. Um, I'm cool with Kai Kara France, but I also like Brandon Moreno. So I'm like, 
conflicted there. But I'm always what do you do in those situations, man? Yo, it's tough, bro. Because I've so one of my my very good friend is Jared Gordon. Mm. He fights at 155 Flash. He's uh, in Sanford down in Florida. He's an Astoria boy, and um, Patty Pimblett just called him out too. Patty the Batty. So we're really fingers crossed, man. Jared fights next month. If Jared could get that win, uh, I think it's Jared and Patty. That'd be a nice. Nice fight. Jared will get an extra, get some extra money. Look, tough fight, you know, but it'd be it'd be a fun. Yeah, that could be like a pay per view opener kind of thing. So it'd be a big spot for Jared. But uh, anytime Jared fights, it's like my 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 blood pressure is just Bro, like my it's heartbeat. Tough, man. It's tough because like you develop these relationships, relationships with these people, yeah. and it's just like you want them to win so bad, but when you don't get that outcome, it's just like. Damn, oh, dude, man. It's, it's almost like you got beat up, too. And yeah. It's like, shit. It's, but then you got to, like, realize, yo, it's not the end of the world, right? At least they got paid. They're not in critical condition. They'll bounce back. Or, like, if they retire. Because, <clears throat> like, so I I really like Joanna, mm-hmm. you know, J-Check, right? And she got KO'd her last fight, and then she had to retire, right? Now, obviously, like, you know, over the years, I've had a great relationship with her. And I'm just like, yo, look. She didn't get the win, but I'm glad she retired. She's happy now. She made a lot of money. So, like, you could just be happy for her then. Right. I'm even cool with, like, Max Holloway, right? He lost three times to Volkanovski, right? Granted, second fight. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Come no, on I'm now. with you, man. I thought Max won that second all fight. Right, yeah. Then, all right, then. So, technically, it's 2-1. Because I, I was watching that fight, the third fight, with my buddy Boss. He comes on the pod usually and we talk UFC. And after the third round, because we both had bet Max in that third fight. Mm-hmm. And he goes, dude, how is it that Volk is up 2-0 on him and we still bet Max in this third fight? And I'm like, nah, bro. We both agreed that Max won that second yeah. fight. He's like, nah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's tough, man. Because, <clears throat> like, yo, especially on social media, right? Because, like, I got some of these USC fighters following me. And, like, Kai Kaurafant is, like, you know, obviously cool with Volkanovski, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's city kickboxing. Yep. But I'm like, yo. Yo, I could text Max Holloway right now. I could get on FaceTime with him right now. That's my boy, right? So I'd be like, yo, I'm Team Holloway, right? The Bless Express. But then I know Kai Kyra France might be watching. I'd be like, shit, man. Should I be posing this right here? Or like, you know, I, I'd just be getting conflicted. I'd be like, damn, man. Maybe I should not be so loud. But then it's just like, yo, at the end of the day, if that's your boy, you got to rock with it, right? So I've been to Max's first fight against uh, Volkanovski and his third fight. I should not be going to any more of his fights, man. Every time I go, he loses. So I'm just like, yo, maybe I'm the bad luck, man. Maybe I stay my ass home. <laughs> yeah, but, so um, you were at Fight Week. Yeah, 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 yeah. International Fight Week. Yeah. yeah, I was looking to go too, but my, my buddy Josh, his bachelor party was two weeks after. It was just like, it was way too close. But uh, I try to go to Vegas often, man. I went for 272, mm-hmm. uh, Mazadal and Covington. Oh, shit. It's a vibe out there, man, for fights. Yo, it's, it's nuts, bro. It's a the good energy time. is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I, I don't know, like, what to compare it to, like UFC fans versus, like, I don't know, maybe like soccer hooligans or whatever. Like that energy is nuts. Yeah, and and just imagine this. I would say like more than half the crowd trains and fights too. Yeah, so that would be the worst place to try to start a fight. Yeah. If you ever notice, you don't see a lot of fights in the. In oh the no, stands. no 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 no. Yeah, people, yeah. People know at UFC events, it's like. We were sitting behind uh, Bryce Mitchell's entire gym. Oh, shit. All of them. Yeah, they were yeah. yelling. They had the southern accent, too. And then I, after the second round, because 
uh, my buddy Boss and I, when we went in March, we bet on him to beat Barboza. Yeah. And uh, after the second round, I was like, yo, I think we got it unless he gets knocked out. And then they're like, you guys got to yell with us. And they were like jumping on us and shit. They gave us beers. They're yeah, like, oh, man. we trained with them. They had all these shirts and shit. What do you do when uh, when you have two fighters that are fighting? Like, and you're cool with both of them? And you're cool with both. Shit. I haven't had that happen yet. I stay my ass quiet. I bet, yo, good shit, yo. Yo, good luck on the fight. That's it, man. But internally, in my head, I'm just like, I hope this one person wins because I'm closer to this person, right? But you would never really, like, publicly say it. Right. Right? Sometimes you just, like, like, if Joanna fought Valentina, right, which they did. But at the time, I don't think I was, like, tight with Valentina like that. But if they did, I'd be like, oh, shit, I don't know who to pick. Obviously, like, I know who's going to win in terms of skill set. But you're right? talking about, like, on a public. Yeah, like, who yeah. to cheer for publicly, right? That's that's the hard part. But usually in those cases, I'd just be like, just be quiet. Just, yeah. Better just, like, off. watch the fight. Yeah, yeah better yeah. off. Especially when, like, you know, the, the thing with MMA fighters, man, it's so crazy because when they lose, they lose in such a vicious, like, demoralizing way. Like, in a public setting like that, too. And you physically lose, too. It's not just like you lose on the scoreboard. It's like, nah, sometimes you lose like how Joanna did. And yeah, it's yeah. like that highlight's going to live forever. I'm good friends with Jessica I. Mm. And the first time that I got her on the pod, we were we had some mutual friends. So, like, we knew of each other. But the first time we got on the pod, I told my friend Mike, I was like, I can't ask her about the Valentina knockout. Like, they show that any time, mm-hmm. right? And then on the pod, going back to what we were talking about before, about, like, interview style, she mentions that knockout like four or five different times. And she's like, in a weird way, happy-go-lucky about it, not really dwelling on it. And I was like, yo, Jess, I feel weird asking, but you, you feel like in good spirits about that. She's like, yeah, man, shit happens. It's the fight game. Yeah, yeah. Some, some fighters look at it that way, too. It's just like, yo, sometimes you just get caught, yo. It's like, yo, if I get <clears throat> crossed on the court, shit, man, I touch earth. It, you know nothing I can do about it, man. It happens. Yo, yeah, he hit a game winner on me. What do you want me to do? Are you excited for Moreno and, and Cara France? Um, they might be my two favorite 125ers right I, now. I'm rooting for, for Kai. I'm rooting for him. Like, just because like, I've interacted with him. I haven't interacted with Moreno. Solid dude. But like, yo, you got to go with like who you're cool with, right? Yeah. Who you've interacted with, right? So I'm going with Kai. Um, for, for some reason, like the lighter, the lower weight classes, I'm not as excited because like... You know, most likely they're probably not going to get a KO, but obviously a Kai Kai Fronts is different, right? Yeah, yeah, He got punching power. Oh, Don't yeah. blink. Don't blink on that Don't guy. Don't blink, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I like the heavier weights, man. I like the big boys that can, like, slug it out. So, I know Derek Lewis is fighting. Yep. Um, He's always fun. Uh, Anthony Smith is fighting. Yeah. Yo, there's a lot of uh, it's a lot of good fights. Um, I'm going to be watching, but I can't give you, like, every single pick. Like, I think I got Nunes. And Kai Kai France winning the, the main and co main. Yeah, the Nunez fight is so interesting to me, man, because I remember I was doing the podcast with Will Blackman, uh, Upsets and Underdogs for Wimbet. And when they fought the first time, we got to interview GSP. You got to interview yeah. the GOAT? My favorite fighter. He's the reason why I watch UFC, bro. Spring Break, Cancun 2010, he was fighting Dan Hardy. Damn. And my boy George at the time was like a math. He was like an affliction tap out UFC fan, right? Like yeah. early on. 
And when we went down there, he's like, yo, there's this event. You guys are going to make fun of me because you guys all want to go like hit on chicks and shit and pick up <laughs> girls. But I really want to go to this bar to watch it. Now it's Saturday night. It's our last night. I've spent so much money. I'm feeling sick. You know, you're not supposed to drink the water down there and all that. And I was like, yo, bro, I'll go with you, man. Fuck it. Let's go to this bar. The bar is electric. It is packed out to the gills. GSP comes out. He's wearing the gi, right? Looking like the karate kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what is this guy? And the place is going bananas. Like the place, you know, where they were fighting at. And I just like, I fell in love with GSP from there, bro. Mm. My favorite fighter ever. And I did something I've never done on a podcast before. At the end of that interview, Will was like, yo, you want to ask him anything? I was like... Man, you're the GOAT, bro. You're my favorite UFC. And I told him you this story. You fanboyed out? Yeah, I fanboyed out. I was like, I know it's, it's from the ball. You're not supposed to do this in this line of work. But I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to tell you. And he's like, oh, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate it. But when we had him on that show, he mentioned because we were like, oh, you know, George, uh, it's not if she's going to win. It's how is she going to win, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about Nunez. Because that was like the whole narrative going into it. And he was like, guys, just be careful. You know, he's like, I've been there. I've been at the top where I'm a minus 900 favorite against Matt Sarah, And everyone is telling me my shit don't stink. And, oh, how is George going to win? How is Amanda going to win? Just be careful because the other person's hearing it. They want what you have. Yeah. And you could get complacent. And then, lo and behold, you saw what happened. So I'm fascinated to see what happens now that she got humbled. Yo, fight game's crazy, man. All it takes is one shot. Right, it's it's not like a a basketball game where it's forty eight minutes to build up a lead. Yeah, it's like yo, one shot and you done. So fight game is different, man. And and she like blew her gas tank in that first yeah. in that first round. The round ended because I rewatched that fight. Anytime there's like a rematch, I always like rewatch it fight week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she won the first round, but then you saw she was like visibly just exhausted. So I'm trying to see if she irons out. <laughs> Yo, she was wailing like Free Willy. Yeah. You hear me? She was going Jeez. after it, man. <laughs> so um, it's going to be fun, dude. Like even the Anthony Smith fight, uh, Magomed and Kalaev is like 19-1. and one. His only loss is to that dude Paul Craig with like one second left. Yo, anytime I see somebody with like a Habib beard, I'd be like, yo, this guy's. This guy's like, there's so many. He got some wrestling going on. Yeah, easily wrestling, right? Yeah. And they're from Russia. You're like, all right, this guy's never going to lose. It's like the same shit with like Chamaya yeah, now, yeah. too. Yo, what do you think about that? Man, you know, so like, I always, I love the Diaz brothers. Like, those I'm actually my, cool with Diaz. I like, love them, man. Those are like my guys. And uh, it's, it does seem like they're trying to sacrifice Nate to Chamaev. It's just such a bad fight for Nate. I don't... See, look. You can look at it both ways, right? If he's like, yo... If Nate's like, yo, give me a fight. Give me a fight. Give me a fight, right? And then you're like, nah, nah, nah. Then finally he goes in Area Hawaii. He's like, yo, let me clear the air. I asked for a fight. You didn't give me a fight. I want to leave. Give me a fight. They're like, all right, fuck it. Well, you want to fight? Here, fight this guy. You, he even said, like, yo, give me Shamayev, right? I was like, all right, well, you asked for it. So here. Yeah. It's almost like, all right, fine. Leave me alone, right? You want out? All right, fine. Here, take it. And then after that, we're done, right? I don't think it really was like a setup. It's more was like both parties were like, yo, we had enough. Like, just let me get this over with and I'll go, we'll go our separate ways. That's what I think. 
Yeah, I could see it that way. I could see it that way. It's just that, you know, there's always been like uh, the Diaz brothers in the UFC have always butted heads oh, yeah. many times. And this just feels like they could use the Nate Diaz name and the brand. And I mean, dude's a mega star. He's one of the biggest stars ever in the UFC. Do you think like they could have <clears throat> gave him a, like a more competitive fight with like Dustin Poirier? You're talking as, about Nate? Yeah. Instead of, could you saying like, yo, UFC's kind of setting him up? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that would be a more. I could see him winning a fight against Dustin. Okay. Chamayev, like, it's just hard, bro. Especially like the wrestling that negates your jujitsu. Like wrestlers, wrestlers. Do you think it's gonna make more money? It, it's definitely gonna make more money than what Dustin would make. Right. Yeah, it's because the hype train for Chamayev so is maybe just, UFC's looking out for Nate by saying like, yo. We're going to give you some pay-per-view points, even though it's not like a championship fight. Nate could also ruin a lot of things for the UFC if, if, and I'm praying to all the MMA gods, if he pulls another one. Because he did this to Connor too. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. He did this? Yeah. And, and I, I, I made a little like reel about it. Like uh, it was Chemaev and then it's Nate. It's yeah. Like, yeah. out to Nate doing that. And it's like, yo, what if he does it again, man? Like you said, it's the fight game, right? Look, he's a minus like... I think he's a minus fourteen hundred favorite Chamayev, fourteen hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars, and it's like you know Nate on the way out. I don't know. I think like this. this so you got Chamayev winning then? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gonna bet Nate because like why not? Why I like would you to do gamble. That, if you know he's gonna lose, because he's gonna be like an eight to one dog. Okay, so you just betting because the odds are yeah, so yeah. damn good. You yeah, you probably yeah. put a dollar down. And you're like shit. Easily, yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna throw like a hundred dollars on it, but like twenty, twenty five bucks. There's a lot of times I talk about this all the time. Like just because you think someone's gonna lose doesn't mean you shouldn't bet them. Yeah, because the odds are so damn good. Yeah. Okay. Like when Connor fought Dustin the second time, Connor was like minus three hundred. Oh, you bet. Dustin was plus two fifty. Nah, I bet on Dustin. Okay. Okay. I was like, this should be close to a pick'em, dude. Like Dustin is. Dustin's coming off a loss to you Habib. You still get paid for that? Because like, it was kind of like... Because um, he broke his leg. No, right? the second time oh, when wait, he knocked wait. him out. Oh, yeah. Did they fight three times? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, shit. Yeah. And yeah. then the third time is when he broke his leg. Yeah, you get paid uh, out for that, too. Okay. I mean, they were paying out what happened to Aspinall last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paid yeah. out to that. That yeah. was that was vicious, too. But I think I think with Nate, man, it's, it's weird because I feel like they... You talked me into it more of it not being like a setup. Your 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 take was pretty because you gotta man. you gotta think about like from Dana's end right if he's getting like dragged through the media for like months now right because Ariel does that a lot he's like yo why isn't Nate getting a fight blah 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 he's been publicly asking to be released and stuff right which is like no knock on Ariel because like he's just reporting what he's seeing right which what we're all seeing so that's kind of lighting a fire under like Dana's just like yo we we want answers but he's not giving it to us so it's just like all right fine here go. Gave you the fight, so you can't say nothing now. So, the plan is for Chamayev though to like win and then make just keep building that star. But it's also like, you know, weird shit happens, dude. Maybe he rolls an ankle or something, and then Nate wins, right? Or like Nate catches him, and then it's like your plans get derailed. And I would love nothing more for that to happen. Because uh, then what do you do if you're the UFC, right? You can't let Nate walk after that. If he just, you know, you re-sign him after. Yeah, but it's kind of like, uh, yo, if you got that much hype behind you, right? You take one loss, it ain't the end of the world, right? You saw what happened to Masvidal, right? Yo, he lost mad time since winning that BMF yeah. title. He's still relevant. 
I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for if, like, Shamayev loses. Obviously, like, it won't build up the big hype for, like, the mega fight with Usman or, or even Israel, right? But still, he'll be all right, you know? Yeah, isn't it weird how, like, in MMA fighters, like, some of the best fighters outside of Habib, they have multiple losses. And they're still tro- top draws. But in boxing, if... You lose one time, it's like, all right, throw this guy away. You're like, wait, why? That's why boxing's whack. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 respect to Sweet Science, but I'm just I'm just a UFC guy. So Yeah, that's the same. It's under one promotion. Dana makes all the fights that we want to see. Just makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. Just yo, makes it- I, yo, I was so intimidated interviewing Dana because, like, yo, this guy's a damn near like a billionaire. Yeah. Yo, he could walk out the interview any second, right? You ask him to stupid. Hey, fuck out of here. Why am I talking to this guy? Get me out of here. Right? It's, that's very intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you're, like, interviewing somebody that high of a stature. Anyone ever do that to you? No. Because I'm not stupid enough to, like, to ask tick them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I joke around, but, like, I'm not going to be like, yo, talking to me about the scandal right here. Yeah. Like, man, get the... Put some respect on my name. On three of y'all. <laughs> is we finished or is we done? <laughs> Yo, what do you think of uh, looking ahead a little bit? A couple of fights I want to run by you before we wrap this up. Uh, Islam and Charles. Ooh. Yo, that have you seen that Dubai card? The fight yes. island? Holy shit. Is that 280? 280, yeah. Yeah, man. God damn. Is Aljo fighting on that? Aljo and Delisha. Cool Aljo, too. Jan and uh, uh, O'Malley. Yeah. Bilal and uh, Sean Brady, who I'm cool with Sean Brady. Mm. And uh, Gamrot and Darius just got announced. Yeah, that shit's stacked, bro. <sighs> Holy hell. Yeah, I'm curious, like, when will that air on Eastern Standard Time? Because that, that time difference is crazy. So do you remember when Gaethje and Habib fought? That was like in the afternoon, right, on Eastern Time? The main event was at, like, 5, 5.30 But they're having the main event their time, 10 p.m. their time. Yeah. So I don't know what that... Got to do a little math, but like, I don't. I think they're going to set it up the same way since it's Islam that's fighting. It's going to be very similar to when Habib fought. I think they want to cater to the people over there, not not Eastern time. Huh. Yeah, but like, but they also didn't cater to us over here for that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So, like, they're probably going to. They're yeah, not so, worried about Eastern so time. So, that, that main like, event will probably be, like, middle of the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us. For us. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. us. Yeah. But, yeah, that car stacked, man. I, I don't know, man. A lot of people saying, like, yo, don't sleep on Charles. But I'm just like, yo, Islam hasn't shown me anything that says he's going to get beaten. Yeah. This guy literally fights like Habib. Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't. Would you bet on that fight? Oh, dude, I'm 100% betting on that. Is I it going to be like a pick em or nah, like Oliveira's tra- tra- a favorite? Charles, Charles is a big dog. Charles wow. is a big underdog right now. Yeah. What's his line? He's like a two-to-one dog. For real? Yeah, dude. And there's a huge trend. The last, because um, I, I just re- did this recently, the last 28 times a UFC champion was the underdog in the fight, they've won 22 of them. So it's So you've been huge. in Charles, then? I, I think Charles is going to win that fight anyway. Damn, man. There's a different so level So basically, you're going man. against Vegas. No, no, nah, I'm, yeah, yeah, the odds-wise, you, yeah. You're going on, like, damn. It's yeah. hard to go against Charles Vegas, is, man. Listen, man, Charles is Charles. I think could be safe wherever that fight goes. 
I really do with the jujitsu and the stand up and even when he gets dropped, he's battled adversity in all of his fights. He's probably the most exciting fighter right now in the UFC, in my opinion, because I mean he's on a twelve fight yeah. finish streak. He's too. nice, man. He's nice. Yeah, he's and he's a champ. Like that shit that happened in Arizona with the with the skill, like that's yeah, such yeah. bullshit for half a pound. Like that's wild to me to strip him. Like I know you're the champ, but like usually even the champ, like you give him that half pound. Like to me, that was ridiculous but it goes into like each commissions have their own like rule sets i think for me it's hard to go against vegas because clearly it's vegas yeah they know they've been yeah, yeah, they yeah. know they didn't build all those hotels yeah. and casinos because yeah, yeah. they don't know what they're doing so i as a fan i would not bet that fight i would just enjoy, enjoy that enjoy that one yeah because if you That's got money, yo, anytime you put money on online you put it on an nba game you're just watching the score like yo man don't hit that i need <clears> this minus two right here yeah Next thing you know, some some bench warmer just come in, and start chucking up threes, and you lose. You're like, damn, man. It takes away from like a classic game, yeah. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, damn, yo, I had the Celtics plus four in that one, and the Warriors one yeah, by five. Man. You you're busy with your score watching. You're not really enjoying the game. That's true. That's a, yeah. That's a good point. I haven't really enjoyed a game in a long time. Then if that's the case, yeah, <laughs> I'll be throwing money everywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, man. I mean, I obviously at the end of the bet, right? If you win, you're like, oh right. shit, I got a little money. Yeah, and it was a good game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't bet that one. But who would you? Who? Where you? Uh, you leaning towards Islam? I feel like you're leaning towards yeah, Islam, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's I got Islam, man. Yo. October. Yo, it's hard to. Yo, he's so powerful, man. Like you look at his body frame, right? It's just like, yo, this guy's yoked up. Like, if he want to take you down, he taking you down. Yeah. Like I, I get you got jujitsu, but it's like, yo, he gonna. Yo, Dagestani handcuff, bro? Yeah. Get that on you? How you going to jiu-jitsu out of that? Yeah, it's hard when your one, bah, bah, your bah. one arm is isolated. Are you into Sean O'Malley? Yo, I believe the hype on every every hype fighter. I believe in them, man. Because I'm the type of person that like I want to see the most trash talking. I want to see the most hype. Until it gets derailed, then then I'll like you know decide... If I like still want to rock with that person or not. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all on the hype train, man. Yo, this is such a great fight for him. Yeah. It's it's a it's a win win. I've fight. also seen Jan like fight before for the belt, right? Yeah. So it's kinda like, all right, man, yo, let's give this new person a shot. Yeah. But also it's such a win win for him. Yeah. He fights the kind of style that O'Malley wants to fight, right? Like he don't want to deal with the grappling and the jujitsu shit. Like he wanna stand and bang. And also O'Malley's fighting the number one guy in the division. Bro, I was at that fight, International Fight Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, big big right. letdown, man. Yeah. Got the eye poking. And everybody in the audience was like, Yo, what the fuck is this? Yo, the first test he gets in the top 10, and this is what happens? Everybody was like, boo. Yeah, they were booing bad. Yeah, yeah, man. But it was clearly an eye poke, though. Yeah. Like, he definitely got eye poked. But I think, like, O'Malley, the cool thing for him is if he if he loses that fight, He'll just go back to where he's at now. But if he wins, he probably gets a title shot. He's yeah, he's probably he's got the Connor effect, man. Yeah. He, he's it's kinda like um Patty too. Yeah. I feel like if Patty loses the next fight, it don't matter. We just get it back the next fight. Yeah. Patty the Batty. Yeah. You know? Yeah, especially when he fights out in London. That shit is he's electric, dude. Yeah. He's electric, yeah. yeah. I I yo, I'm not gonna lie, I was like a big hater. I'm like, yo, I hope he loses. But shit. And then he won. I was like, all right, I hope he keeps winning then. Yo, if there's anything about me, I'm a bandwagon fan, for real, for real. I used to be a Knicks fan, 
I was like, yo, uh, they're so trash. They're so trash. Let me let me get on the nets when they come to Brooklyn. Oh my Once god. Once they got to Brooklyn, I was like, yeah, we Brooklyn all day, baby. Damn. Yo, so, and then if KD and Kyrie leave, I'm gonna be like, yo, Knicks. Y'all y'all all right right now? Alright, if y'all start winning again, I'm back on the van again. Damn, bro. <laughs> so much for loyalty, huh? I guess that's not a quality of yours. <laughs> yo, yo, so you a Knicks fan? I'm a Knicks fan. Alright, so you Knicks, I'm Mets. allowed to jump ship, right? You know those years that was terrible, right? Nah, I don't believe in that, bro. What do you mean? Because to me, you got to be ride or die when it comes to your sports teams. That's how it got to be. It's the only relationship you could be in where they treat you bad and you can't leave them. You could leave your girl. Knicks are really bad, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been bad. Okay. It sucks. So, so you don't... And you going to blame me for leaving? Even though they were so bad. I'm not going to blame you for leaving, but I'm going to judge you for leaving, though. 100%. Uh, I'm talking about like the Marbury days. I think it was Marbury. Yeah, man, they Othello like Harrington. Yeah, 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 I get Steve it. Francis on there as well. Pablo Prigioni for a little bit. Oh, shit, I know. Pablo. Yeah, Tony Douglas. I, I get it, man, but you, you got to be loyal. Now, I was a Knicks fan when Linsanity was there. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> you're damn right. Damn right. I was I was also a Knicks fan when um when Carmelo and Stoudemire was there. Yeah, because they were good I was then. like borderline, though. I was borderline. <clears throat> I was like, yo, because the, the Nets was in town, too, at that time. I was just like, all right. I could be a fan of both. But... Yo, I know, man. The Marbury days, I was like, damn, man, he's got to suck. I was like, I gotta leave, man. I'm out of here. I don't know. Kind of ending this pod on a sour note there <laughs> yeah. with the loyalty being tested. <laughs> Yo, Nets World. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this was uh, fun. It was nice to connect with you finally. Um, and I'm looking forward to maybe doing this again sometime. Maybe watch some fights too. For sure, and uh, I know I'm gonna get over to Sunday Wash Club too. Because uh, I actually went to one of them when you were there wearing a Tony, no, not Tony Flint, the tro- uh, Flint Tropics oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back, like in the Lower East Side. I played like one game, I think it was. But oh, it was shit. like way, it was okay, might have been like a okay, year okay. ago. Way, way back. But I have I play football on Sunday, so I haven't been able to go to any Damn, of these. Damn, you a football guy? Yeah. Man, that's, man, you love the, Yo, the I dangerous play, sports, bro. <clears throat> I play, uh, I tell Jarrell this all the time, because he'll be like, yo, come who, come who. I'm like, yo. I'm nice at ball for someone that plays like once every six months. You're nice for a football player. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nice for a football jujitsu guy. I'm pretty nice at ball. <laughs> Yo, where can they find you on social media, dude? Yo, at Mr. Tony Mui, man. Just M-R-T-O-N-Y-M-U-I. That's it. And what was the handle for the place that you're at now that you work with? So savvy. I'll make sure to have that in the bio. And it was fun, man. I appreciate you coming on. No, I appreciate Venturing you, out here to Queens. Shout out to Jarrell, too, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the background. And uh, enjoy UFC this weekend, guys. Hit the Discord. Give you guys some betting picks. And we'll catch you guys next time. headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. 
You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.